0: We made it back. We made it to month two. This is the second ever episode of Chomping at the Bits. This week we are talking about the one, the only Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I am Rich Meister, and I have come to put an end to this. I am
1: joined by, uh, as always, one Raymond McGill. Ray, what's going on? Um, nothing much. Just. Uh Played through this game again and you know i'm glad we're getting to talk about it it was a delight to actually
0: uh we delayed this by a week which gave me time to finish the upside down castle um which you know worth it worth it definitely um also here yet again uh is one eric ortiz eric what's up
2: die monster you don't belong in this world that's
0: true that's a literal translation and part one of the best parts of the script
2: Oscar-worthy performance.
0: Yeah, no, we all love a good Richter Belmont. Um, thanks for coming here to talk about effeminate vampires.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: Wait, we're talking and, about Interview with the Vampire? Well, at the end, we'll briefly touch on Anne Rice's work. Oh, okay, excellent. Uh, and as a special guest for this one, you just heard some of his music in our new intro. Uh, one Ed Paquette is here. Uh, if you listen to other podcasts in this network, Ed has also done uh the work on shopping after dark or all the music there and he's done all the awesome music you're gonna hear throughout this episode here ed welcome
3: thank you very much happy to be here i uh also just beat the game like right before this kill director bitmont now there's there's no other ending to do,
0: right you got credits there's
3: nothing else <laughs> you know, thank god man i you almost wish there was the like twice as much yeah. to do yeah, There's, exactly.
2: Front to back. I Who could have expected the heel turn, honestly? Mar- and I thought that was a weird way to end the game. It was very bold. <laughs> yeah. Maria
0: gave me some stupid glasses, and I was like, don't need these.
4: <laughs>
0: and I'm, like, well, I'm not some nerd. No, Jeez. I'm not some four-eyed geek. I'll take care of Rick myself. <laughs> uh, I was actually, it, it's interesting you bring that up, because uh, until I was like 12, I had no idea the reverse castle existed, and I probably beat... Uh, Symphony of the Night like four or five times just thinking you kill Richter and it's over. And I'm like, credits, did it again, boom. Uh.
2: <laughs> well, to be completely fair, you find Maria in like Shaft's vault in the center of the castle, which was also difficult to get to because you had to go to the clock room. There's, there's just a lot going on if you're not too aware of it at first. To, to find mm.
0: Maria where she give Like, yeah, and first you need to do You need to go to the tower she's in with the spike armor and do all that nonsense for her? you to get the gold, yeah. The silver, yeah, get the gold yeah. ring. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the weirder yeah. part yeah. because she walks like from the right side of that room and you're like how'd you even get in here?
2: And she's like, Don't- Yeah, and then she leaves. That's the that's the best part of it. She goes, "All right, I'm I'm done resting." Just <laughs> she just leaves. I'm like, there's nowhere to course go. Course <laughs>
0: she's good. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Everybody's got it balanced. But yes, um jumping pr- pretty far ahead chronology uh, in chronology wise in video games we've gone directly from Donkey Kong to Castlevania Symphony of the Night a natural progression.
1: a natural, a natural progression for our next show yeah. you know e-soccer or whatever Konami's calling it now we're d-
0: uh yeah we're gonna do uh retrospective on FIFA <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <I can't wait. laughs> uh yeah the we are talking about Castlevania Symphony of the Night um I think because we're we're all pretty big Castlevania fans at this point, that's particularly why I wanted to get Eddie to be on this one, because uh, mm. he's one of the bigger Castlevania fellows I know. So let's get into the a quick introduction, and then we can talk a little bit about our personal histories before delving deep, but Castlevania Symphony of the Night was released for the PlayStation on March 20th, 1997 in Japan, and October 2nd of 97 in America and Europe. I'm sorry, America and Europe is November of 97, That's that's my mistake, October was Japan, uh, I'm sorry, I completely... Bah, I bo- Scrub the whole thing. Yeah, I did. Scrub it all, forget uh, it. Castlevania yeah. Symphony Night, released on the PlayStation on March 20th, 1997, in Japan, October 2nd, 97 in North America and Europe. Um, so, that is pretty much where we start here. It is a big change for Castlevania, coming off the more atypical, hack-and-slash, brutal adventures of the past ones, uh... And this is where we kind of get the term Metroidvania. We're taking RPG elements and bits of what Metroid did, including that progressive map, come in. The project is directed by Tora Hayigara and Koji Igarashi. Uh, Igavania will be a term people throw around a lot about this as well, because Iga sort of led the charge on making Castlevania like this. Um, uh, Hagigara was also the lead on Dracula X, which we will get into a little bit of that, but... Um, early history, Castlevania Symphony of Night, not only sort of set the staple for the Egovania or Metroidvania sort of take on Castlevania, (coughs) it's also a weird outlier, and that is a a direct sequel to another Castlevania game. It's a direct sequel to Rondo of Blood. Uh, do any of you have, like, a particularly storied history with Rondo? Because I went to it afterwards, um, and I've only beaten it once. It's a harder game, but I do like it.
3: I've actually not played through that one. I've tried to get through Dracula X before and wasn't super huge on it, which is why I'm interested because I know that Dracula X is supposed to be American Rondo but was totally butchered there's, in a level aspect or something like that. There's about there's a
0: couple different the versions design. of Rondo of Blood. Yeah, Dracula X is the one people really don't like. Uh, it yeah. was recently, recently put out on the Castlevania Advance Collection uh, that released earlier this month from us recording it. Which is a weird place because, like, as a bonus, you get this game nobody really likes. <laughs> Please play me.
2: Yeah. It, wait, the American version was Dracula X or was that the Japanese version?
0: Dracula X was the America, the first
2: American release of Rondo. That's what I thought too because it just sounds American too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> X. I played uh, played Rondo of Blood because I think that was included in the Requiem collection. Um, yeah. The, Symphony that the is Knight.
0: a better version of Rondo of Blood. That's the. Yeah, that's on
2: the the PS4. consoles. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, PS4. I got <laughs> that and I literally. I think I just played through three Castlevania games in the past five months. Uh, I played through that one for the. F- I think I beat that for the first time. Really hard. I, that, that's a really hard yeah, game. Yeah, Symphony of- to one hundred percent run through. Is
3: that a platform Dracula? Is that that? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's not actually. No, it's not. That's not the one. I thought it was, unless they changed it. I actually think they changed that in Dracula X, where they made Dracula the platform boss, and they said that was the hardest boss fight.
0: They they mm-hmm. did, I believe, because uh, Symphony of the Night literally opens with. The final boss, yeah, the Ronda. end of Rondo. But, of the yeah, the Dracula. same, oh, yeah, yeah the
2: same Dracula. exact yeah, fight. Yeah, I so think Dracula. X, sure like, so They right. changed the game was easy, and then they made the last boss really hard. Yeah. <laughs> question mark. I think yes. that's how it went.
0: So Rondo of Blood directly leads into Symphony in the Night. Rondo of Blood follows Richter Belmont uh, on his quest to destroy Dracula, which he succeeds at. Great job. Uh, <laughs> that game also had its sort of easy mode was where you could play as Maria and like throw cats and shit at people. It's it's pretty great. Would, Birds would recommend. Um. But yeah, that, that was like a weird approach because not a ton of people, especially in the U.S., had played Rondo of Blood, which is probably when <coughs> they opened with uh, the, the Richter fight to sort of introduce you to that Belmont character and establish what is going on with Dracula here. But uh, in terms of Symphony of the Night and our our own sort of histories with that game, I'll just get us right
1: into it. Ray, why don't you start us off and tell
0: us a little bit about your first experience with
1: that game? Well, I mean, 1997 was a pretty big year for sort of RPG games on the PS1 because you had Final Fantasy VII and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. (laughs) So I got to play this game pretty much right when it came out. I was 12 when the game came out. And it was sort of... I, I was not someone who played a lot of Metroid games beforehand, so the idea of backtracking through, you know, this giant sprawling space was sort of foreign to me, but it quickly became one of my favorite games of all time, and still to this day, it's a game I play very often.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one worth going back to. It had been a while since I had actually gone back to this game. (coughs) Um, It felt like coming home in a lot of senses, and you talked about the backtracking and the Metroid elements. At the time, uh, Ego was actually citing Zelda as a lot of the inspiration for that, as well as Simon's Quest and how well that had come to be received. Um, For making that sort of non-linear progression Obviously much like a Metroid You get abilities like the ability to turn Into a wolf or a bat or mist That help you progress further but He wanted to leave that sort of Open-ended exploration and he even Cited the RPG mechanics Uh, Alucard who is the protagonist Here the son of Dracula um, Can level up and sort of You you can grind out like I've talked uh, With Ray before about how I just love fighting the Mermen for like an hour at the beginning of
1: Symphony of the Night I actually have Um, a personal rule for fighting them. I typically, on a new playthrough, I fight them until I level up enough to have enough MP to cast Soul Steal, and then I move on.
0: Okay, that's good. That's a good baseline. Um, But yeah, he even cites that choice as he felt, and a lot of people did, that mainline Castlevania games were too difficult for a lot of players. So he wanted to, like, sort of subvert a system where you could just turn Alucard into a god if you wanted and stomp over everything. Like, by the time I got to Dracula in my recent replay, I, I could have just stood still and slashed him if I wanted to. It was not a difficult fight. Um, but that's, that's sort of the whole idea was he wanted to incorporate RPG elements, make make it a very different game, make it a longer game, which is where the reverse castle comes from, which we'll get into, uh, <coughs> and just make it more accessible. So, uh, Eric here, when when did you first pick up this game? What What's your experience, and how has it stayed with you?
2: Uh, it definitely wasn't for PlayStation at the time. That was when I was playing uh, Running Wild and Crocs, so I, I didn't even perceive <laughs> that there was a Castlevania to even be played there. Um, you had gobos to save. First time I played you were this, busy with the gobos. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, rightfully so, they were in trouble. Um, I'd say that the first time I played it, Xbox Live Arcade version, which I think is the best version, um, and I played all the way through that, and that was when Xbox had their uh, the trophy system so i felt more compelled to complete it uh that was the first game in a metroidvania style where i actually mapped out the map <laughs> tried to beat it fully which i hadn't really done in games before um even in metroid i didn't even care too much with super metroid on mapping it all out and figuring it all out but with Castlevania, i don't know i was hooked with it and that was honestly i think my first intro to the entire franchise um great game and from there i remember from eddie too i uh I borrowed Circle of the Moon for Game Boy Advance and just went down that entire progression, but I didn't even play the original Castlevania until like I don't know five to ten years later. It's a wild, wild. So, wild so game, when though. you were, but I loved it.
0: When you were fighting the cast of Castlevania three in the Reverse Castle, you were like, I don't know who these fucking people are.
2: I didn't, I didn't know who the hell they were. I didn't know the beginning of Rondo. I didn't know Richter. I didn't know anybody. And I thought Maria just being the cast was wild. Um, Alucard's not the first time, you know. In human history that you knew about him it's not like castle being birthed alucard so i knew who alucard was yeah. but uh i didn't know the history behind it all so that was pretty cool to see spoiler, later on too
0: spoiler alert uh alucard is dracula spelled backwards uh, um, I'm just, <laughs> come
2: on, come on it's all oh easy. my god rich you just blew my out. mind
0: and he just like hangs up he's like i gotta go <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i definitely have, you're gonna uh, tell me after richter there's more to do in this game i know <laughs> no, you just no, beat no, him do and do you're not. done you fine
0: nope Eddie, you, you're okay, going to leave good. in about 20 minutes. That's the whole uh, podcast. Don't listen past <laughs> that when it comes out. Uh, okay, okay. I,
4: w-
2: I, w- I would actually love if that were true, if that was his entire experience. I'm like, yeah, there's there's a whole part. I yeah, know, but I, after uh, later on I definitely want to talk about the RPG mechanics on this too because I hadn't really, I want to say I hadn't really grown to appreciate the creativity that the team actually put into this until years later and I, I play this game maybe once every two to three years. I'm just drawn back to it and it, It's just such a fun game, and it's just well-made. The narrative focus is pretty solid. The RPG elements are pretty tight. And yeah, sure, it's broken like any other RPG where you could just become a god, but I even think that's pretty well done. That's on par with the story. You know, Alucard's supposed to be a baller, so it kind of makes sense. You're not just playing as, like, Maria Renard and just whacking up people with birds so there, it's, it's a whole there
0: thing there are versions when you can um and we'll get we'll get to yeah. that in a minu- minute actually a uh, bit about- rich
1: before we go on i wanted to say yeah. eric's first experience was paying playing on the xbla version that release is actually famous because it was the first xbla release that was allowed to go over 50 megs of size
0: yeah they had to change their rules uh because symphony Night
2: was just too big um you know that's actually why i got it too because i saw the storage size and i said oh yeah it must be the best version so it has to be the best
0: which was such a strange rule to have but we could do a whole episode on that that's a whole different conversation um before we move on to talk a little bit about that narrative and the like sort of homages it pays uh, to castlevania past uh eddie i'm gonna pose the the same question tell me a little bit about your first i know symphony of the night is not your top tier castlevania you're more of like a super castlevania 4 guy
3: um, yeah, that and, like Eric said, Circle of the Moon. Thinking about it, it's interesting because Circle of the Moon is a Metroidvania, but it's, aside from stuff like the Battle Arena, which is a necessity, it's a lot more straightforward. Boss, power-up, pretty straightforward to go somewhere. For, this one is a lot more exploration, and I think that was lost on me when I first played this on the Xbox It can version. be pretty tough to navigate the castle. Uh, for anyone listening who's never
0: played Circle of the Moon... I feel like there'd be an appreciation for it now because it has cards, and that's what all video
2: games do now.
3: Oh, uh, and yeah, also, now you're able like, actually.
2: Like kinda... Yeah. Yeah, Garashi's hated yeah, that idea. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's a big standpoint there, too, is the ability to now see Circle of the Moon. Uh, like, when I booted up the new Switch version, I was like, oh, that's what this game looks like. That was a big change.
2: Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, even though we're not going to talk about it, there's always this one brief, brief, brief story I like to tell where after playing Circle of the Moon... I adored that game. I thought it was very well done. I even thought the story was pretty tight. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. Um, playing all the GBA games, Harmony of Dissonance was the weakest one. That can't be debated. I'm sorry. You're right. Because the music too was just... The music was even lacking. Uh, Aria uh, Ari
0: of Sorrow is is the, the standout in those that's games. That's the GOAT. Items. Yeah,
2: that's the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the GOAT GBA. But uh, I remember going to this uh, video game store, this trading post that we had uh, back in our hometown for the classic games. And I remember the owner one time and I was just buying the... Uh, all the GBA games, because they just had them, and I was like, okay, I'll buy them all. He's like, yeah, he goes, out of all of these, he was like, Circle of the Moon's definitely the weakest, you know? And I just looked at him, and I never went back there, ever. Mm-hmm. I gave him the money, and I said, that's impossible. And I looked at him and I said, Did you ever play Harmony of Distance? And he's like, Yeah, it's the best one.
1: Oh, I just well, looked at him that, and I was like, that's an, Fuck that's, here. That's, I was
2: like Get out of here,
4: bro. That's
0: an insane take. Like, i It's an insane take. I, the funny thing is, Circle of the Moon kind of grew on me because I didn't really like it at first until I got a Game Boy SP and I could see it. And then I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty good. Uh,
2: <laughs> now, keep in mind, I simp over all the OSTs for these games. Circle of the Moon's OST is pretty legitimate, it's a good OST. I, and the gameplay itself is only supplemented by that. You listen to harmony of dissonance. I felt like I was playing that on a Game Boy, like an original Game Boy. I couldn't take it. It just wasn't that great. It, it, once you're uh, once you're spoiled, and Symphony of the Ninth soundtrack, of course, is a cut above the rest. So when you're spoiled with such godlike music like that, I don't know. It's just not impressive it's, anymore. It's
0: definitely hard to go back. I, I should point out before we move on here because we we harp on this for way too long, but it's still good for talking about. Uh, That recent uh, Castlevania Advance collection that came out actually takes that sort of Game Boy tinniness out of all the soundtracks, um, which makes them even more killer. Uh, So that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, But let's dive a little bit here into the, the story setup for Castlevania Symphony of the Night and sort of the ways it... Even in its light storytelling, which is basically done through like quick cutscenes, of not even cutscenes, just in-engine renderings of Alucard talking to Maria Renard and other characters he runs to in Dracula's castle. Um, you play as Alucard, the son of Dracula, who uh, was also a big part of Castlevania 3, part of the core cast there, is returning to Dracula's castle after it has miraculously returned, despite the fact that Richter Belmont defeated Dracula some time ago. Uh, so Alucard, you know, puts on his best brooding cloak and heads over to Dad's house where he forgot his ability to turn into a bat. And immediately, you're sort of introduced... And I love when games do this. Um, Alucard is decked out when you first arrive. You know, you got the Alucard shield, you got the Twilight cloak. You're, You're here to fuck shit up. Um, and then you encounter death at the gate, and he immediately goes like, lol, I told you to leave. And strips you of all your abilities, so now you gotta punch your way through some mermen. And, um... This feels like skipping ahead a bit, though this is a non-linear game uh, that is about you exploring the castle and trying to figure out where Dracula is. Eventually, you very quickly discover that the current master of Dracula's ca- castle is one Richter Belmont, um, and he is claiming dominion. Maria Renard, who is also from Rondo of Blood, is there searching for him, and your, your quick goal becomes to figure out what's happened and uh, take Richter out. That is not where the game ends. We'll talk about that in a minute, because... Some of us thought for a long time that that is where the game ends, and it's like weird ending. I just beat the shit <laughs> out of a Belmont, and they roll the credits, which which can definitely happen. Um, really,
1: version <clears part throat> of the normal story. Yeah, it.
3: <laughs>
0: the weird part is is it doesn't even necessarily feel like a bad ending, uh, because Alucard just ca- sort of leaves, and he's like, "Well, I guess that's it. Time to go mm-hmm. back to brooding in a coffin somewhere, and then credits roll." Um, but the real secret here is you were supposed to go find Marie Renard. Um, in a certain chamber under the main clock tower, and wear these holy glasses to fight Richter, revealing that he is being controlled by the Dark Priest Shaft, which is still a hilarious name for a Dark Priest. <laughs> you are damn right. Talk about Shaft.
2: <laughs> I thought the twist that Richter was running the whole show is still so well done in that game um especially with his reveal too in the The coliseum 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 or whatever
1: the hell he is
2: i I thought it was i thought it was the coolest (laughs) and uh playing it again too again when i first played it i didn't guess get the weight and the gravity Mm -hmm. of like saying oh it's it's richter at first i was just like oh it's the dude from the beginning and i was like that's why and this time, though, after playing through, like, Rondo of Blood and everything, I was like, oh shit, I'm like, that's pretty cool, like, Alucard and Maria have no idea what's happening here, like, it's, it's just pretty neat how they set it all up and revealed it all. Is
0: anyone else uh, a little disappointed, like me, that Symphony of the Night, despite uh, being a sequel to Rondo of Blood, ditched the best part of Rondo of Blood, which is the fact that it has an anime intro?
1: <laughs> yeah, and the voice acting also is the GOAT in that well, entire Well, they went show. to that whole art style for Symphony, like that, like, mm-hmm. almost like uh, porcelain...
3: Like yes, the... Uh, the um, Ay- Ayami Kojima, yeah, is that yeah. her
0: name? L- let me just clarify that here, yeah, because I do have notes about all of that. That art was a big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ayami Kojima, uh, this was her, like, her first outing in a uh, video game, and her 2D visuals and sprites are like influenced by what's called the Bishonen style of art, um, which is mm-hmm. popular in Japan at the time. And those graphics kind of uh, stand the test of time. Uh Interestingly enough, if you ever play the the original PlayStation 1 version, despite it being a 2D game in the age of 3D, your PlayStation sounds like it's about to burst into flames when it's running Symphony of the Night, uh, because the <coughs> PlayStation was not equipped to do proper scrolling, so the entire backgrounds had to be animated the same way you would animate a sprite on the PlayStation, and as a result, the processor is about ready to shit itself uh, while running this game at all times. And there even is some fun use of 3D in, like, certain boss fights, in the uh, spellbook enemies and things like that. Everything just kind of jumps out in Symphony, like those big, beautiful
3: sprites. The, the thing about it that's interesting is that a lot of the 2D elements are considered 3D by the PlayStation, which is how there were, with the PlayStation, certain implemented mechanics, like rotating 3 objects or this, that, the other thing. So a lot of things that look to the enemies or even their weapons are actually 3D, 3D when they're being thrown and manipulated, which is, there's a lot of things that it sounded like they had to do that, you know, they shouldn't have even thought of doing, maybe. I'm not sure if that polygon trick is used in a lot of other 2D instances, but that's the thing about the a- a PS1, it- especially towards that, is that it wasn't supposed to do that, so who would be doing it, except for these people that had to?
0: Yeah, they had to Exhibited. figure out ways to make yeah. this game work. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I I had brought up, like, a couple of old EGM scans and stuff like that while looking into this game. Mm-hmm. It was sort of being shown off to press and the public around the same time as Castlevania 64. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of hilarious to see because all these previews, like, lauded as the forgotten 2D one. They're like, Castlevania 64 is the future, and this game is going to be, like, its ugly step-cousin. <sighs> Castlevania 64 is fucking awful,
3: it <laughs> it's. I, I was listening to some stuff about Castlevania 64 and its PR campaign because of that, and apparently even that was terrible. Like, there are characters that were good, <laughs> that were shown at places well, that, there that you two, don't even get a name. They just show and then were gone.
0: There's two versions of Castlevania 64 um, because Ca- the original Castlevania 64 doesn't have an ending. It wasn't finished. It kind of just stops, and then they released, I believe it's called Legacy of Darkness. I have that version mm-hmm. which is the finished version of and uh, I'm sorry to let everyone down. who was holding out. It's still bad. Even in that that sorry state. You know kind of
1: reminiscent of, actually. Um, remember when uh, 2K was showing off that <coughs> shooter XCOM?
3: Oh, the Halo Killer. Yeah. Oh, XCOM. Oh, no, no, no
1: XCOM. X- X- the Bureau Declassified. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, wait, but we're also making this classic X-Ti- XCOM style game." And then you know, if you know, you want that. Yeah, if if you fucking <laughs> losers want that, and then look at the one we remember.
3: Exactly.
0: I remember the Bureau fondly as this garbage fire they mm. released. It's installed on my Steam library at all times in case I want to, you know, uh, much like Icarus fly too close to the sun.
2: Um, yeah, but th- I'm glad they got creative with the, uh, the 3d elements of it because yeah, like you said, Castlevania 64, the one thing I do know about that from its conception is that they bit off way more than they could ever chew because they just didn't understand. I think during the development, how much work it was going to be and how tough it would be. Um, to actually develop that kind of but game. I, I th- so, I don't know. It, it cool just ended cool up being, I, I think this time cool around, especially just because it wasn't... Especially just because it did not go well and it's infamous for being shitty. I, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of it... I think they it, just took a little bit more liberty with it.
0: I think a lot of it has to do with them not fully um, understanding... We were still figuring out 3D in in uh, the, the you know mid to late 90s. Like, we didn't fully know how to make a solid 3D mm-hmm. game like that. So... It was a lot more work, than they were probably cut out for. And as a result of like Symphony of the Night, almost in some people's heads, up Konami more than likely think of it as an afterthought, as like this the old style Castlevania game. It well maybe it pays tribute maybe. to where it came from in a lot of interesting ways that that feel kind of amazing. Um, like if we want to move into the, the reverse castle and talk about the quote unquote twist uh, that we are obviously already covered that um, Shaft was actually controlling Richter in order to resurrect the real Dracula. So after defeating him, you go into the reverse castle, which is something Iga put in the game to add length and essentially double the length of the game without having to do much. The entire map inverts itself and flips upside down, and you're now in the upside-down castle. Um, And you have to find Dracula, who is quite obviously not in Dracula's throne room anymore because that's where you start the upside-down castle. And it's filled with new enemies and interesting ideas and this is where it really starts to become a love letter to old Castlevania like there's a series of um, classic Castlevania bosses to fight in there you have to find certain ones in order to get uh, Dracula's relics and defeat him and even if you go deeper like if you go to the highest point in the catacombs (coughs) uh, the last boss Morgoth from uh, Kid Dracula is there and he is probably the toughest thing to fight in this game but you can also trap him in a corner and just spam him where he can't hit you
1: Uh, I thought that was rad as hell. Uh, One interesting thing I wanted to point out. I've noticed this a while ago, but it sort of hit me again when playing through this game. The chamber where you get the holy glasses for Maria, slash where you fight Shaft in the inverted castle. It's the only room in the game where it's actually right side up in the inverted castle. Huh. Like I had room- not noticed that The room is upside down When you get the holy glasses for Maria And it is right side up when you fight Shaft
2: that's some of the lazy development, work, the laziest work I've ever heard in my life. I can't believe it. I can't. They really couldn't just like commit to the last one percent of the game.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> just... I mean, it sounds like it was on purpose.
0: Oh, was no, I don't. I way don't way way. think so. It sounds like a lazy <laughs> oversight to me. No, I'm sure. I'm sure the QA testers last <laughs> weekend.
2: They're like, room. "Yo, did you invert shaft's room?" And then Igarashi goes, "I thought you did it." <laughs> it's just like, just ship it. <laughs>
3: Forget it. Ship- but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just trying to think it's on purpose because it. There are so many tiny details. Oh, it's, def- in this it's game.
0: definitely on purpose. It's definitely on yeah. purpose. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. It's, yeah it's just
0: the, the funny part is Eddie. You mentioned to us that like up until recently you had never really done the reverse castle, and I was immediately thinking what a shame that is because despite mm. it, it would have been so easy for that to be the lazy part of the game where you retread and fight Dracula, but all the most mm. interesting stuff is there. Uh, mm-hmm. like the classic Castlevania bosses if you go back to that arena which you do have to do you fight mm-hmm. like Trevor and Sypha you fight the cast of Castlevania 3 yeah. you fight Alucard's old allies like there's mm-hmm. so
1: much cool stuff
0: in there mm-hmm.
1: there are some lazy aspects to the inverted castle though like specifically running through it they didn't have to put jack bones in every single section of the reverse castle yes castles. they did it was, <laughs>
0: they had a contract um, yeah no while there are some lazy aspects at the same time like some of the more interesting stuff comes out of that uh i want to talk a little bit about i don't know do any of you have any experience at all with the sega saturn port of Castlevania symphony of the night no
4: no
3: all i know no. is that when i was scrolling through some stuff i noticed that the saturn had extra levels which is a little surprising i guess that was some incentive to buy the inferior version H- here's of the, game. the
0: thing saturn was supposed to be the superior version like The Sega Saturn did 2D better than anything, and somehow this version of Symphony of the Night is a mess. There is new stuff. You can play as Maria Renard in the Saturn version. Um, There's crazy ideas in there. One thing I really, really fucking wish they would have put in subsequent releases, including that Xbox 360 version that is in the Saturn version, is uh, in the reverse castle in the Sega Saturn version, you get a relic that makes uh, Alucard move faster.
2: Oh, and I that's, wow, better buy the Saturn. That, that
3: sounds like a fucking godsend to me. Um, better buy it. Wait, but, like yeah, like the Panther the wolves to try and make it.
0: You, you, yeah, it, yeah. You got like, they were literally called like running shoes or something.
3: <laughs> yeah. I just use the uh, shield cancel trick at this point. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, that's that's totally fair. I mean,
3: there's plenty dead of dead. stuff
0: like that. I, I wasn't looking at speedrun tactics.
3: Going in as the casual
2: player, it's like speedrunning. <laughs> I just
0: felt Alucard could maybe, I don't know, move with some sense of urgency. He certainly sashays away from enemies uh, and leaves them an after mission, the
3: start of the game is him flying at inhuman speeds towards the castle unless it's just like camera tricks and he's actually like huffing and tired like oh, it literally reminds
2: you of the beginning of sonic the hedgehog games where sonic comes blazing and <laughs> honestly, then they just go bad. wow i can't wait for this
3: and then he's just yeah. like jogging and i'm like i hate this <laughs> i hate everything about honestly <laughs> as great as the walk cycle and how smooth it is and it's such an attribution to uh i know igarashi was saying that the pixel artist and the animator was one of the most gifted he has worked with and it looks great But also just like the way, just moving, it just like super like yeah on a treadmill going through the castle. Oh my, well because he's slightly hovering. Let's go. Um,
0: here I found I found the point in my notes. I did want to bring this up. Here's everything that is different in that Saturn version. Uh, you know besides it running terrible and having horrible load times. Um, (laughs) so Maria Renard is both fully playable and a boss fight. Richter is available to play at the start of the game. Uh, and when you're playing the game as Alucard, a third hand is available, but only for usable. Items, not for uh, weapons. So you can have a usable on hand. You don't have to go to the menu every time. And there are a handful of exclusive items. The one I mentioned earlier is the Godspeed boots, which grants him the ability to run like Richter. Uh, New areas like the Cursed Prison and the Underground Garden that include new bosses. And the port also remixes a few songs from previous Castlevania games. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there, but it's unfortunately bogged down by the fact that the Saturn version is fucking terrible it runs horribly um i really want to play it
2: <laughs> it's like i can't emphasize enough how trash this
3: is i can't wait to Did play it. We must experience it suffer so we may learn
2: i don't know if there
0: was an american release but i would like to get my hands on it in some form
3: Actually, I'm interested to hear that there were some older Castlevania tracks on it, because Symphony of the Nights' soundtrack is definitely incredible, and it set a standard of, well, part of it is because uh, Michiru Yamane ended up doing a lot of music afterwards. That was her second game with them. But, uh... Yes, yes, that's correct. There weren't a lot of tracks that were from previous ones, which was something that Castlevania had been doing for a while, and she even did when she worked on Bloodlines. But this one has, I think, the Dracula fight music, and I don't know if there's much else besides that. I'm which pretty is...
2: sure they had the... Uh, I wonder if this is Rondo of Blood 2, unless I'm wrong. The, the op... You know, the... um, What's it? That... Uh, what am I thinking of? That kind of chanting. That, like,
3: churchy kind of chant. Oh, in the beginning? In the beginning? The th- the... That's
2: also in, I think, Rondo it, of that's, Blood. Uh,
3: it is in Rondo of Blood. It's actually yeah. in Circle of the Moon too. There super similar not the same so you could probably just call it the same for the sake of like yeah they did the same kind of music for the same function but it's like a slightly different melody and a different latin word they sing on but uh a lot of it feels, oh, Mr. Latin. Oh, feels Mr. Latin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Mr. Mr. Latin.
4: Okay.
0: <laughs> a lot of it feels like greatest hit stuff, but it it, it is just that. Like it is some of the like, mm-hmm. you know, you got your bloody tears here, you got Dracula's castle, you got And it's great. All the, and stuff the tradition of
3: want. it, you just relish in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but bloody it's tears interesting those, probably those. how for people like I mean, Eric was saying that this was his first game. That kind of stuff is lost on people if it's their first game, so one of them matters. So instead, she was just like, original, 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 original. That she could make her own from the seed of it, and they all were fantastic Yeah, they cast there's even um,
0: uh, the the song from the credits, I Am The Wind, is one of the only ones <laughs> the with like tune. real vocals in it. Um, it was written by Rika Maranaka and Tony Haynes, and performed by Cynthia Harrell. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, that was like an the, LA group, I think. Yeah, the, the, the music was...
0: is just so crazy, because it's all over the place, and there's nothing quite that like Japanese musicians seem to enjoy especially during this time more so than like somber orchestral pieces with electric guitar in them. <laughs> like like well, And it's fucking cool. great. Actually, I want to point out it this. all has
2: a purpose. It's all oh, it's awesome. Like every single room it has and every single area, it, the music fits, which is pretty crazy. For sure.
0: Ray, you were
1: trying to get yeah. in there. Now, I want to point out that this game did have one uh, remix of one of its own songs. But if you didn't play the original PlayStation version, you probably wouldn't have heard it. If you took the Symphony of the Night disc and put it in a CD player and put it on track two, you would get a warning from the voice of Alucard saying not to play track one because it's raw data on a play. He's like, you have inserted a PlayStation black disc. Please do not play the first track as it is raw game data. And then he like warns you about something else, and then a remix of what? Dracula's Castle plays <laughs> on track two. Wait, this is if you put the game on a CD player? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I, a can't, I can't. PlayStation th-
1: games did that. A lot I'm of PS1 games. Yeah, anything with Red yeah, yeah. Book audio was entirely mm-hmm. possible.
2: That's some black magic to me, man. I swear, it's like when yeah, I was playing Monster Rancher for the first time, and you could read off of other. Di- That's black magic. No, Lunar, I can't Silver
1: do that. Silver Star Story did that too. Like you could listen to like like voice tracks from the game if you stuck it in a CD I player. Feel
0: I feel terrible Man, cool. that I can't
1: remember the name of it. There's a PS1 rhythm game
0: um, where the entire idea of it is, once the game starts spinning, you take the disc out and put any CD in, and it'll make levels based off the music on that CD. What?
2: Wow. That can't be. That can't
0: be. It, that's so... It's real. Um, I have to. Josh is the one who told me about that. I'll have to ask him about that's it. So and send, send a photo, you guys. crazy. Uh, he talks about that game all the time because no one talks about it, and it's kind of fucking wild. That's how
1: Because that's insane. That kind of like a... Like, what is it? Harmonix made a phone game that did that with, like, the music on your phone. It was like a runner that made levels based on your... Yeah, yeah that's crazy. There's a few games that do that these days
2: where you can uh, take tracks or just different things and uh, manipulate the level design, which I always think is really cool. I just didn't... When I think of PlayStation back then, that's like Stone Age era now it is, so I'm just <laughs> thinking, man, yeah. that's wild. Like, to actually well, I mean, implement
1: that. Just think back to you had to use a CD player.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? And the thing is that... <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting because I guess maybe that wasn't even a hardware thing. It was just some kind of genius of coding where they were able to generate it that way. Exactly. Just...
0: Yeah, these guys were working with what okay. they got and pulling out uh, certain things. Uh, and that
3: pulls out some genius. Ab- Absolutely. Limitations, limitations
0: yeah, can lead to insane breakthroughs. Um, a little more on development and also the history of Castlevania. Because I want to talk about, obviously... We've explored Dracula's Castle in previous Castlevania games at this point, but this is the first time it really felt like you had free reign of Dracula's Castle. And Symphony of the Night, by that logic, is the first to staple a lot of elements. Like, the idea that Dracula's Castle is ever-changing, but it also established, like, a few consistencies that are kind of always around. Like, the clock tower and uh, the library in some form which you see come it's, up again in games like circle of the moon and uh, Aria of sorrow like there it's an ever-changing living being of chaos as uh, Alucard puts it but there are consistencies um, and it's cool to see how that stuff evolves uh, I also wanted to talk a little bit about that terrible but just beautiful original translation. Uh, I feel like it's a damn shame that they fixed it up a lot in that PS4 release, uh, Castlevania Requiem.
3: I was going to say, I missed that on the line. I didn't get because, it.
0: Because, yeah, uh, Jeremy Blaustein uh, is the North American and European localizer on this game, and it's hard to clarify this, especially for the 90s, who was doing what, but as far as I can tell, most people agree he is the one credited with the what is a man line, mm-hmm. uh, which is a just a beautiful bit of localization. Uh, what is a man... A, a miserable pile of secrets. Dracula is just really angsty as far as I can tell in Symphony of the Night Canon. Um, he was also quoting
2: the Bible at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's really, well, that explains a lot of the stuff with
2: Graham and R. That is arc. my favorite by far. That's the best. I mean, with a die monster and everything. And what is a man? Great, but my favorite part is when he actually just quotes a straight-up Bible verse, and Richter's response is always dot, dot, dot. That's always one of my (laughs) favorites. It's it's just Richter being like, dude, what?
0: Well, (laughs) it's where we first learned that Dracula is a Republican. It was a really exciting moment.
2: (laughs) It was a very big moment back in the day. (laughs) Much to everyone's shock. We were like, oh,
0: Dracula's really conservative. That's crazy.
2: No, it was just the best because like Richter, the Belmonts themselves are like they're they're based off a Catholic clan in nature, and the it's just so funny to me. It's always so funny. Like mm-hmm. he just goes, oh, yeah," and he just quotes scripture, and then uh, Richter's like, "Fuck." <laughs> <quite."> <laughs> Great times. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, going into versions, I know we touched on this a little bit. There's so many ports of this game, not quite Resident Evil Four levels, um, but there's a lot of them. For the most part, like the PlayStation Three versions are emulations at their core. I want to talk some of them uh that are a little bit different. Uh Requiem and the Dracula X Chronicles versions. For example, there's a few mechanical differences. Um Maria Renard is playable in both those like the Saturn version, but she's completely different uh than the Saturn version of her that's playable. Um and a lot of the glitches and skips that were discovered by the speedrunning community are missing there. Um the that Requiem version is still mostly emulated though uh there's leaderboards on that xbox 360 version but we've already talked a little bit about that and then there's the saturn version which is the one i'm still most fascinated by uh it's very different glitches work differently uh alucard and richter speedruns are separated by the community on there because of how differently the game works when playing them there's a lot of weird stuff going on there um I was able to pull up some interviews, some very old interviews with Hagihara and Igarashi about this game. Um, and one of the interesting things I wanted to point out, because they were throwing so many things at the walls with like RPG elements and all that in this game, uh, that in the early planning stage of this game, Hagihara's quoted as saying there was an alignment system. If you use sub weapons a lot, you would have a holy alignment. If you use magic a lot, you'd have a dark alignment. And then Igarashi goes on to say, and the ending would have changed based on your alignment. They had various subtitles for the game in mind. Um, the original development subtitle was The Bloodletting. It was going to be called Castlevania The Bloodletting. Um, and then he talks a little bit about the reverse castle and the secret bosses. Um, but we've already talked a little bit at length about all that here. Um, yeah, there, this game has a strange history and a weird staying power into, I I think a lot of people consider, like, the Egavania the best of Castlevania, but it's strange because there's so little of it after this. Uh, mm. Like Aria feels like the last time it's done exceptionally to me, and then we have things like. Uh, why am I?
3: Then it's like, was it limited? Lament of Innocence after that one. I mean, that's it start to get the 3D land. Yeah. The Game they, in City. the PS2. Oh, yeah. exactly yeah.
1: stuck, stuck around on handhelds really. Yeah, Game Boy is where oh, it yeah, survived. Chill.
3: Yeah. Well, D- but yeah. and it felt sparse. And, and the day, there was DS. Sorrow, Order, Order of Ecclesia. The DS did, yeah. Dawn Dawn Asaro, I, yeah. I
0: like more than most people, I think.
3: Order of Ecclesia was very good. Yeah, it's a very good game. Yeah, I had, hadn't really heard anything about that one until looking into all this uh, for the podcast, and I'm actually pretty interested. Though. It's
1: harder it's than, to the than town town stuff. The newer ones.
3: Very good game.
2: I really? Like. Yeah, it's, like, no, yeah, but it's good. Added, it's it's so it. funny because, like, GBA has three games, and DS has three games, mm-hmm. and... Portrait of Ruin, I think, is the weakest out of the three. But our, uh, Order of Ecclesia, that's a really, really good one. I'd say that was probably the last best one that I think I played out of what they made. Mm. Very well It's done. worth playing if
1: you um, get your hands on it.
3: Yeah. Never had a, a DS. Wink, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. Don't worry, I'll give you my uh, DS. <laughs> wow, I haven't even sent it through. in. I'll Dropbox
2: you my DS. Jeez. I was just going to send you an, <laughs> <laughs> an EXE file to the emulator. <laughs>
4: what <laughs> do you <laughs> mean? That would be illegal. <laughs> that would be illegal. <laughs>
2: Now, I own the game, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's so funny because when I think of, when I think of all the canceled being is though, yeah, Symphony of the Night's honestly the best one, and even with, um, what's his face, blood stained, I played that, I love that, but I just couldn't help but think that it could have always just been better. Had it just been, like, a Symphony of the Night 2 or something like that. And he couldn't do it because it's Konami, but I wish it was.
0: What's funny is, you you see, like, for me, I always kind of go back and forth between Symphony of the Night and Aria of Sorrow being, like, the best of this version of Castlevania. And I think Iga carries that around with him, too, because if you look at um, Bloodstained, which was the sort of spiritual successor that he worked on, that game is great. I'd love to finish it. I should really make the time to get back to that. Soma Cruz, the protagonist of Aria of Sorrow and the main character of Bloodstained are basically the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, there, there's a lot of weird overlap uh, there. I feel like where Ega Iga really wanted to make another Igavania game, but couldn't. Um, There's ideas there that will probably go untapped because the Symphony of the Night 2 <coughs> is a pachinko machine rotting in a basement somewhere.
3: Ugh. I mean... You hate to see it. Didn't they recently say that Castlevania might be coming back in capacity yeah there's there's murmurs of
0: uh, metal gear and castle uh, <laughs> making come back as well as a few other uh, konami properties
1: that have been asleep for a while um well apparently that castlevania gotcha game came back on apple arcade grimoire of souls and it's not good
2: oh excellent i love it yeah i got that game i have that game It's not good. Tell us more. Actually, I don't want to say that. It's it's not that great.
4: (laughs) It's not that great.
2: You didn't change what you said. I mean, I wouldn't waste my time on it, but I've wasted my time on it.
0: What's this revisionist (laughs) history? Make up your mind.
2: Uh, No, it's it's not good. It's like one of those auto-scroller kind of games that I just didn't really like. Sure. Yeah. It's it's just not in shape. I don't think, you know, looking at his entire book of work, I think Igarashi was in a perfect storm of sorts to, to come out with a banger like Symphony of the Night. I don't even think with Ari of Sorrow, he hit the same note. It's just I felt like Symphony of the Night was just such a tight game. It, every single aspect of it, I thought, even if the inverted castle two was just a time filler, it was so well done. And it just thematically made sense. To the point where every time that I played a Castlevania whether it was Aria of Sorrow or not and Aria of Sorrow is very good story wise mm-hmm. I just uh, I didn't ever finish it and have the same kind of feeling that I did with Symphony of the Night it just never hit me the same and it wasn't I thought maybe at first it was because of nostalgia but it's just because Symphony of the Night was just again a perfect storm of all these different ideas and concepts that came together so beautifully that it was just a perfect game. It really is just a perfect game to me. It's just it's a very straightforward, depth worthy game that just has an OST that slaps. It's just there is a excellent. lot
3: to enjoy about it. Yeah, I, I just I
2: simp really hard I, for it. It's just so good.
3: I don't have much like connection with it in terms of it being one of my first or, or anything like that. And I played a little bit later, but even if that isn't there and I don't put it on as high as the pedals they do put other castlevanias there's just so many different things that you can tell that they really wanted to make it where you would remember it whether it's because it's something in reference to one of the past games or if it's just one of the small details and even there is this one section the staircase section uh it's towards the beginning of the game where there is the uh the dragon heads yes. that mm-hmm. like the classic villain yeah i didn't remember this from the last time i played it but the fact that when you kill the bottom one one rolls down at you and that's like the whole gimmick of the whole thing there's just something so fun about that and so like why would they think of that it's almost goofy because it makes like a little dunk 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 noise <laughs> down the stairs and it's like i'm trying to fucking save the world here and there's like comedy but then even at the top of that the last one is a spike ball instead And if you get hit by that, it can launch you at the back wall that you can't reach yet, and give you like super strong weapons. There's just at one of his interviews, Igarashi had said that the pretty much the mindset of the team was, "Oh, this is cool, let's do it." And it's just very apparent because although it is an amalgamation of RPG ideas, certain kind of musical ideas, or this that they all work. It's uh, for.
4: Oh, the I'm game has brought-
1: tons of little details, too. I just wanted to say one of my mm-hmm. favorite little details. It's uh, an enemy you fight in, like, three different areas, but there's only, like, one of them ever, the Owl Knight. Um, yes. He yes. has the Flying Owl. If you kill the owl first... He stops knight- to, like, cry. <laughs> yeah, he stops to mourn mm-hmm. his pet, and he just mm-hmm. gives you time to wail on him. But then, yeah, that's a good chance to murder him. <laughs> yeah. No, but if, but if you <laughs> don't murder him at the time, he is kind of frenzied compared to beforehand. Like, yeah. he's pissed. Mm-hmm. You killed his there's, buddy. It's small things. One, one of
0: them hangs out by the main gate a little ways into the game. There, there's very few of them, though. You're right, uh, Ray. Yeah. And there's so many weird enemy behaviors like that. Like when you're in the reverse castle, actually, um, if you head back to that front of the castle area, one of my favorite enemies in that game is um, the fleas, who I hate. There are flea dragon mm-hmm. r- yeah. dragon riders. Um, yes. in that area. And if you kill,
3: I don't exactly just. If you kill the flea first,
0: <laughs> the dragon just turns and starts killing all the other enemies in the hallway for you
2: crazy small things man wasn't Mm enjoying being
0: controlled
1: by a flea man
0: (laughs) but yeah no it wasn't it wasn't his choice which is good to know he's on alucard's side but Mm -hmm. i wanted to bring up and i was glad you brought up like the weird stuff like launching yourself at back walls there are so many ways to break this game in like gleefully fun manners like uh one of the first things i always make a beeline for is um there's a jewel knuckle uh, which is one of the stronger mm-hmm. weapons early game cring, cring, in cring, the main cring, tower. Cring, cring. And I always make a beeline to get that jewel knuckle because you could pretty much be good with that until you go to the reverse castle. Um, like, you're just one-shotting a lot of the more annoying enemies with a, a jewel knuckle at that point. Um, I know Ray did the classic move on this playthrough of his that I escaped on, which was grinding to get the chrysogrim to drop.
3: Um, the sword yeah. that, oh, is that the merman Or, uh, or is that...
1: In the in Mm -hmm. the reverse library, there's one room specifically where the second you walk in, a shmoo is just rushing you. So kill it, walk out. Kill it, walk out. Kill it, walk out. Yeah. It you know by the time you're done, you have like 18 things of ramen and maybe one (laughs) sagram. Yeah, which is do for
3: the ramen. I don't need a weapon. I wish I had that. Yeah, just give me all the ramen. I'm okay. <laughs> I
0: wish I had that uh, that Sega Saturn third hand to be shoving the ramen into Alucard's face.
4: When I oh no! I,
0: I wish do I had love so the I idea that the it's Lux
3: not place. just like a functional third hand on a menu, just Alucard just it's on had his back, it the whole yeah. time.
0: It's um, <laughs> and I just now I have the, this picture of him, of it being instant ramen that's uncooked, and he's just shoving the block into his mouth.
2: Some nice ramen, crispy chips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and everybody like loves that.
2: I mean, probably better than meat in the wall. so it uh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter.
0: And then uh, beyond weird ways to break the game, there are weird additions. Some of them I didn't even find out about until recently because I never played around with them that much. Uh, obviously, after beating the game, you can play as Richter. In some later versions of the game, it's available from the start, which is almost like a hard mode because Richter's a bit slower, and uh, it's, it's kind of a fun challenge. Um, the Saturn version, as well as a few other versions, had different playable versions of Maria Renard, which we mentioned differently. Um, and even a mode where you can play as an axe knight, uh, which I didn't find out about until
2: very recently. Yeah, with the, the armor. Oh, uh, no, well, is it the name? You could also equip the armor, too, right? You enter your name I think there's the two ways to do it.
1: Axe you, armor, and you start the game with axe knight armor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also I think you could do that, too. If you enter your name oh, as something weird, I looked it up, it's, uh, if you enter your name as X dash X exclamation point view quotation mark Q, you start the game with 99 luck, but your other stats are absolute trash. <laughs> so
3: sounds worth it to me. Uh, that's such PS one. It's a
1: right it's there. a
3: lucky letter. Yeah, yeah, it's so. like It's a classic.
2: Why? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think it's like a mode if you want to play with like using more like use weapons and stuff because all the enemies are gonna start dropping like javelins and TNT and stuff. Yeah, so there's an idea. I'm just gonna be throwing Buffalo
0: Stars at people for days.
2: <laughs> I was just like to I was telling Rich about this too, where uh, I love the gear system in this game just because I think thematically it just works. Ramen aside, in Dracula's Castle, of course, is like okay, fuck all that. But I think like getting gear and just having the weapons. I think it just works, whereas if you had this in a Metroid game, because a lot of people, I think, when they were playing Metroid uh, growing up too, they wanted Metroid to be like Symphony of the Night After. They're like, oh, why can't we have a one-to-one? And I was thinking about this, and I do think about the Metroid IP, especially after playing the newest one. It just really wouldn't make sense to me for Samus to find like a blaster or something like on this alien world that is completely foreign to everybody, whereas... In Symphony of the Night, in a Castlevania game, it completely makes sense. Dracula's Castle is mm-hmm. literally a treasure trove of all this stuff mm-hmm. that he's collected over the decades and centuries of being alive. Which is mostly so,
0: instant ramen and throwing. Yeah, fruit. exactly. Uh, like his
2: uh, his prized <laughs> possessions of instant ramen and everything else in that game. I, actually, and that implies, uh, it just makes sense. It's cool. I like it. It's like <laughs> nine katanas. And he's from yeah, well, Romania. <laughs> that, that does want hey, to. Don't worry about that. He was a he was a bit of a weeb. He like that kind of that, <laughs> stuff.
0: That heavily implies that Dracula's a weeb because whenever he goes to Japan, all he brings back is instant ramen, throwing stars, and samurai swords. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: he, come, he comes out with that and he goes, "Hey guys, what's going on?" It's like, "Dad, you're embarrassing me."
0: <laughs> he's like, "What's the matter, Alucard-san?"
2: Yeah, he goes. Talk, he goes. Talk to me as your father, Alucard's son. I got these table
0: <laughs> They're not out
2: here yet. Use <laughs> your honorable oh. phonetics. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you guys? City. Did you guys
0: find uh, uh, Dracula's uh, body pillow in, in, in his throne room? <laughs>
4: it's in the, yeah, basement. the relics.
0: That's what you're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, Dracula's relic. It's Vlad's body pillow is one of them. <laughs> Vlad's fedora. All all of Dracula's relics.
2: I think uh, there's also that um. There was that one secret, too, because, of course, on the list of all these secrets is when you get the Gravity Boots or whatever, or mm-hmm. their version of the Gravity Boots, I forgot what they're called, gravity but boots. you could literally slam yourself up on the librarian under his chair uh, every yeah. single time, and you can get the good shit from – you could literally get, like, Dracula's armor from that, and it's good stuff. And all you have to keep doing is slamming into him. It's just complete RNG. So – I did it maybe for about like an hour straight, thinking I was doing it wrong, and then it finally dropped, and it was the most lackluster like, no. piece of shit that I ever had to work for. But you can get the axe armor um, from him from doing that, and that also turns you into the axe knight. It just takes an eternity yeah. to keep whacking him, and hopefully, yeah. you just get lucky with RNG. Just
3: torturing this poor old man, just like.
2: It's literally a <laughs> spike going. No, you
4: don't <laughs> think... He never
2: moves. <laughs>
0: If he, if he didn't like it, this guy never moves. <laughs> if, if he didn't like it, why would he put um, this like ventilation shaft right under his ass?
3: Right, that's what I was thinking too. Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah, know. honestly, it comes off as like, have you ever seen like the X-ray structure of like old medieval tower? which is it looks like a hundred foot shit shoot. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. You can fly up there all you want, but I'll probably just you know. Imagine
2: inheriting that, you're the heir to a shit tower, and they go, yeah, we never clean that.
3: I'm like, well, how could you?
2: Like, how could you possibly? It's I, I, just impossible.
0: I, I did, I, I did want to say the, um, of subtle, like, quality of life changes, I think, whenever I replay this, that I would make, if this game were being modernized, is, I would put the librarian in the reverse castle, too. It sucks that I have the library card back to the main castle, and then, uh, yeah. go in, but I'd make him the reverse librarian, So he'd be very loud. (laughs) (laughs) He'd just just be screaming.
2: And instead the vent actually comes from on top of him. So you're just bashing his skull as he's Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I think with the story of Symphony of the Night... I believe it's the first time that this was a Castlevania, maybe 64, I'm not, I never really played 64, so correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first game that takes place entirely in the castle, or did 64 do that? And don't say, like, Castlevania 1 or any of that either, I mean, like, where you get to fully flesh out and explore the entire castle, did 64 do that beforehand? I,
0: they would have been around the same time, and I don't, I don't think so, um... There, 64 has good portions that take place outside... Well, it doesn't have any good portions. Um, like in the courtyard has, and all that. It has portions <laughs> that take place outside of the castle as well. Uh, like, this is the first game that really feels like it's fleshing out Dracula's castle proper and sort of made, made rules for how Dracula's castle works.
2: It's the one thing that I wish they even did in shows or any other future adaptation i always just wanted a castlevania to just take place like in the game completely in the castle because i think it did an excellent job of just giving you the sheer scale of how big this place was and i think that just tied into the overall narrative experience where you're just going in inverted castle 2 you're just thinking this place is fucking huge and it's just supposed to change every single time and which was genius too because then that set it up for future games to just say hey we can make this whatever we want it to be And it's thematically correct. I mean, it's always different. You don't need to worry about the time pieces or how it looks or how it's structured. It's literally whatever you want it to be. And I don't know if that was their expectation either, but that's genius A testament to to
0: the fantastically, like, cliched writing... I love their their means of explaining that because it's easy enough to go. The castle shifts; it's a living being, but no Alcar's Be like, this castle is a being of chaos. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> right. The drama right. runs in the family, yeah. man. All right, we we <laughs> get it, dude. Like, it's fine. Well, they actually <laughs> built on it's that
1: just like games can... with like you know the whole Soma thing, like chaos. Like, I don't know. I feel like it was like an offhand line that actually became a kind of key component of the lore.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're bringing that right into that weird Final Fantasy game. Um, they love Chaos. Uh, <laughs> I love Chaos. But, uh, oh, yeah, that... Like I, I said a little bit earlier, like that that's the thing. This this sets up... It does some of the more interesting stuff with the lore, pays massive tribute to um, the games that came before, and establishes these rules for how uh, Dracula's castle is going to work, and you see that carried into the Egovania games in terms of gameplay, and then Castlevania as a whole in terms of how the game's structured and like learning the Belmonts and other vampire hunters and how this world works. And I think this is kind of the unforgettable Castlevania for me. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that in terms of like, this is the pinnacle of the series to me and kind of always will be.
4: I agree
2: hundred percent. And I know we talked about it earlier too, and it only helped it, but the art direction for this, I think this is also the Castlevania with the best bosses that did that horror biblical element, right? And I, the one that I always immediately think of is Legion, the big ball of bodies mm-hmm, that right. you literally have to keep yeah. chipping. On. I think that is one of the creepiest and most well done bosses in Castlevania that really didn't have that, uh, what's the word? That kind of cartoony ish aspect to it that was like, oh, this is, a, this is a game. I mean, in Castlevania, one, when you think about this, you fought like f- fucking Frankenstein and the mummy. And I was like, all right, I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. I'm Dracula's like, a little bit of a freak. It's kind of weird, and but. They both appear in this game as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then in this one, though. They had, they just had a lot of biblical concepts that I think they really just ran with. In Rondo of Blood 2, they had like some weird bosses and you know horror bosses, but this one was like, t- it took it up to like eleven, and it all had themes to it that as you're going through, like if you went into the basement, you saw the Sea Hydro, the whatever her name is. Um, you yeah, had, yeah, it's Scylla, exactly. You go to Legion in the basement too. You go to the crypts with the Coliseum. You f- it just had a lot more consistency that every time I went to a boss room I was thinking oh shit like this is some weird stuff and even the uh, the mirror room where you follow yourself yes, in the mirror fight. I just thought that was cool like there's Especially- just many things that they they compile on and it's just a very well done experience when you're going through it.
0: Especially some of those crazier ones in the reverse castle like you mentioned Legion and another boss that always strikes me as like hitting that horror tone really well in the reverse castle another optional boss is uh, Basil Bubb uh, done very, yeah, who, yeah. You need to like destroy all the rotting parts of the the carcass, and then they fall off. And then I, I mm-hmm. think I mentioned this earlier, but when you make it to the highest point in the catacombs, which is the top of the castle in the reverse castle, um, Gogamoth, the the last boss from Kid Dracula, who is a literal god of space and time, uh, <laughs> yes. is, is up there, and he is he's harder to defeat than Dracula if you fight him on his own terms.
2: It's yeah, and it's just so. I don't think he's ever hit that pinnacle of creativity. I don't think they ever hit the pinnacle of creativity unless it was with Aria. Because I think even those bosses are borrowed into other games, too. I'm pretty sure I've seen Legion twice. No, Legion, I'm not sure on that, though, season unless I'm having Legion deja vu. Like real
1: deal boss.
2: Yeah, like, it was, it's, pretty, it's pretty damn cool. Um, so now every time I play these other games, like I was even just playing Bloodlines literally yesterday, and I was going through some of the bosses, it just never. It never hit the same... They just, they, at, when you're playing all these games, it's like when I was playing, not to derail too much, it's like you're playing Dark Souls for the first time, you start to see like some gothic horror shit, like in Bla- mm-hmm. It kind of takes you into that immersion. You're like, oh shit, this is real stuff, you know? Like, this is some cool, creepy stuff that you get to fight, and you don't know what you're going to expect later on in the castle. Whereas back in the platforming days, again, you got to the end, you're fighting a fucking mummy, or you get to the end of something else. It's like, oh, it's Frankenstein. Pretty mm-hmm. wacky, right? And I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. it's
4: it's, yeah. it's a
0: little Sorry. bit more campy uh, in those yeah. early, mm-hmm. early titles, and here is where they sort of get to those horror roots. And again, very you, Dracula, literally quoting the fucking Bible. Um,
3: yeah, there's very more, well done. more. There's just the blood zombie that you hit him once and he screams and erupts in a fountain of blood. <laughs> that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And
1: you're just Alucard. I'm just standing there with my controller.
3: I'm like. <laughs> 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 you just like punch them once. It is like
0: there are those uh um, <laughs> there are, there
3: are zombies that, that appear later that um
0: after the first strike split into halves into two enemies into the torso and the legs. Like there's there's some really inventive enemy design in here, and it shows mm-hmm. a weird amount of restraint when you consider they didn't expect everyone to even make it to the reverse castle, and a lot of the more interesting enemies are held back until then.
1: Mm-hmm. Nova
2: I just love how the reverse castle was considered just like time it's I still think it's the most creative part of the game it, which is wild because they just flip the castle upside down and like here you fucking go and I'm like yeah. this was, this was, this it, pretty, pretty damn good
4: mm-hmm.
2: well no and it's um, good
1: because they can assume like they don't have to make it so you can traverse it easily because they can assume you have things like bat form so they're like they don't yeah. need to worry about like stairs and stuff so like the original castle still looks good from like a design standpoint and then they could flip it upside down and be like, "So what if you can't jump up here, fly up here?"
0: Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have to make it so it like, and a lot of them don't feel f- immediately fun to jump through. It's just like I'm gonna turn into a bat and um, yeah. fly around the castle because yeah. it's the only one, thing that makes sense to do.
3: One of the early places in the reverse castles, I think, is the uh, the clock tower with all the Medusa heads, and it's mm-hmm. just bats all the time because it's made to be a pain in the ass to do one way up let alone Those upside down. Those
0: Medusa heads, man. That was probably one of the moments I, I was, like, shaking my controller on this replay because you need to get through it to fight Medusa to get the invulnerability to being turned into a stone. Um,
3: Before we... Re- re- well, uh, There's actually armor pretty early there. That makes you... Yeah, actually. You're right. So, man, I'm, I'm, wearing, armor. I'm
0: wearing diamond plate at that point. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Alucard mail. Okay, fair. Okay. Um, fair. I'm not back. I'm not fair. back with that
2: scrub shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt that.
0: did want to talk to before we you know get to sort of closing and final thoughts and stuff uh, because we weirdly haven't touched on this yet Um, ease of use was like a big thing with Ego we talked about him wanting you to be able to level up to sort of circumvent difficulty another thing they put in to sort of try and help that was the familiars um, Mm -hmm. which were sort of companions you can turn on and off particularly the fairy that healed you was Ego explains in like some older interviews that he basically looked at the fairy as like easy mode um, Mm -hmm. which is fair uh, there were other familiars like a sword that followed you around in Slash. There was a demon familiar. Um, did you guys rely heavily on any of that stuff in, in the past or in recent playthroughs?
3: Honestly, the fairy I did not even know healed me because I had her out for a while and feel like she's out. <laughs> but one,
2: you just I she just thought she floated. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the spray that's just going Does around. not paint any fucking I just, I just me like having the month. company. Uh, well, no, she has that like music. <laughs> yeah. No,
3: notes. but there was actually, it was, this was actually in the clock tower, and I was trying to get open a secret door or some shit and getting irritated because of the heads. And then when I went back up to try and hit something, they actually pointed out a wall that you could break. And that was, because I was at the moment frustrated with trying to unlock a secret, the fact that the familiar kind of just, you know took away some of the agency of figuring it out myself and all that kind of stuff and was just like here's a fucking secret. I'll be happy and play the game. Was, get uh, out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please leave. It's it's an interesting balance of because you know, you can turn all that off. You can turn anything that you want off and not use it. So if you really want to hit every single wall and see which ones are breakable, I don't. find this that the other thing. I, I I don't either. That's why I was saying like when I first first played this game, the exploration wasn't something that Resonated with you in a big way? Yeah, and something I didn't even realize was to the extent that it was expected because it's like to get to the uh certain underground thing where you can get the snorkel, like the wall looks kind of frozen, so it looks like maybe breakable, but just I never even realized you were supposed to be in a mindset of just like, hit shit. Yeah. Maybe something good will happen. Well,
0: well, they thought they had taught you enough about wall meat at this point in Castlevania that sometimes turkeys and walls.
3: Well, there is wall me, and then there is wall secret passageway that allows you to beat the rest. Of the game. <laughs> to get secret. So, <laughs> out get to get... <laughs> they're cousins. They're they're uh, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was just another layer of like you said, accessibility. Accessibility not even like makes things easier because they can heal you or do damage, but also can be like, hey, here's something.
1: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Also, the familiars <clears throat> added a ton. Like the sword familiar, once you hit level fifty with it, you can equip it as a sword and every level it gets as a sword familiar, it gets another point of attack. So when it's level 99, it actually raises your attack by 99. Um, And the bat familiar, if you get it high enough, when you turn into a bat, more bats appear, and they have little hearts over them, because they're following you. And when you do a fireball attack, all the bats do a fireball attack. Wow. So you can sort of like chain gun fireballs with it.
0: Yeah, there's... Uh, again, just for how... This is a game that, if you really put your mind to it, you could beat in, like, six or seven hours. And there's still mm-hmm. so much nuance to things to discover. Because to this day, there's, like, familiars I haven't engaged with in meaningful ways. There have been, like, I know the the sword one, because that's usually the one I stick with for the exact reason Ray's talking about.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it actually it once it be... level
1: 50. Also, its sprite changes as a familiar. It gets, like, more, like, ornate as a sword.
2: That's pretty
1: cool. But I think... My,
2: that's that's exactly how I wish Igarashi said Igarashi said too. He's like visual progression. <laughs> Just like, like dude, all he did was put like a jewel on this at like level fifty. He'd say that while he sits <laughs>
0: in a throne in like a Skype live chat, being like, "Hey, what do you guys want to?" make? Because
2: you were there. I was in the writers' room and I said we should make it more ornate. Ten levels in, and they called me crazy. I my controversial hot take is that I wish I think the familiars. I hated the system, and I and as Eddie said too, you could turn it off. Luckily, I just I felt like it didn't really add anything, and it made sense thematically. Like you should be able to have familiars in the game of outcard. but I think that
4: uh,
2: over time in the Castlevania series, Circle of the Moon referenced the familiars. Aria of Sorrow is pretty much built on the precipice of the familiars, and you inheriting like their
3: souls the mom, and all yeah, that, the, collecting the them. Soul system. Have you played a uh, Curse of Darkness, the 3D one? Because that's yeah. based entirely on uh, having the uh, Instant Devil, I think they're called, but it's a yeah. Demon Companion kind of thing. I just, I, I think they
2: opened the door to a system in those games that was interesting, but not the greatest mechanic that I cared about at all. And I actually didn't like, as I played further Castlevania, is that they started to hone in on these. Aria Sorrow, they did it creatively, because they incorporated that kind of into the character itself and the ability to tap in the monster. Totally fair, but... I don't know. There was something about Symphony in the Night and later on where they're just like, oh, you get these familiars. I'm like, ah, I really don't give a shit about these guys. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to have to level up these guys and have these as pets or do their fancy stuff. They were cool on the surface and they help you early in the game, but I mean, as Rich and everybody else was saying, like, you can kind of just grind your way at that point. You really don't... But even them. still, um, I guess I don't get I like, overly I don't
0: concerned about it because the familiars are really just like flipping an on switch. It's like, set it and forget it.
2: But that's exactly why I didn't even like it in the first place. It's just because it didn't I really didn't feel like they did anything for me. It was a set-in setting. So really I'm want just like, okay. Is the
0: Castlevania, Pokemon, like,
2: yeah, like even in RSR, I got to be honest. Like even the Soul System, I didn't, I didn't like RSR that much because of the Soul System that was in it. I liked the story. I thought it was fantastic. It's just it didn't really, didn't really set go with in me. The Far and
0: Igarashi, of 2035.
2: <laughs> I collect them. and it's so funny because you have Grimoire of Souls and all these other implementations of this game, and it's built with these familiars in mind too but I find it always ironic that Igarashi's like yeah I didn't like the card system and say circle of the moon it's like mm-hmm. dude you made this like it's your fault <laughs> you made a familiar system that, like, was yeah, know know that was based on collectibles
0: it's pretty dumb yeah
2: and even mm-hmm. in bloodstained I just uh, it's the same thing the second familiars come into the gate into the fold I'm just like
4: mm,
2: it's okay I'm like it's alright I like the little easter eggs like if you're sitting down and the fairies there just mm. hangs with you or the bat, uh, like Ray was saying, mm. with the hearts. That's fun. Like, I like that
3: kind of shit. It's just...
2: They it really didn't do anything for me. I was like, Alucard, you're better than this. You, know, you don't need this. You need them. Fair enough. You're good on your own.
3: I feel like they really just tried to milk as many, like, sit in this chair moments as <laughs> they could for some reason. Because there's that, like... <laughs> and nothing confession happens. Confession room in yeah. places. Yeah. Well, you can hear, yeah. you can hear
0: um, your mother scream in the confession room. Oh. It's, um... <laughs> Listen, Alucard has, has mommy and daddy. Yeah, his uh, face exactly is like, well, <laughs> Jesus.
3: <laughs> the, the, the nightmare scene. He just says mother like 15 times, and it's mother. so. Yeah, it's. No, it's mother. not a true. It needs to be. Yeah, mother. it's more like that. Just like, mother. mother no. Just over. Well, and over, I, and over, I was actually. I, I
0: told Ray and Eric this separately. My favorite note is on the, the trophy list for Castlevania Requiem. Um, mm-hmm. The trophy for defeating the Succubus is Lisa, you're tearing me apart, which is a great trophy <laughs> name. <laughs> it's a fantastic so, reference.
3: Oh, my God. Is Tommy Wiseau card? Is that and a lot of places? Well, well there are name. many
0: theories yeah. online that Tommy Wiseau is, in fact, the son of Dracula. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, so now it's like, so one of the things that was spoken about, uh, you did bring this up, the alignment system. Did, did yeah. we I, ta- I talked or about or that yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 briefly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it had me think, because there is supposed to be a good ending already in a bad ending, killing Richter or not. So does that mean there'd be, like, a good, good ending and a good, bad, or... I bad, don't good, know. Depending.
0: He doesn't really expand upon that. My thought is that, like, that would just play some factor in addition to which ending you got. I don't think there was any implication that there were going to be more endings. Um, I well, just sort of thought mm-hmm. that would... That, probably the intention was that that would play some role in which ending you get. Well, there's already um, the
1: 3. There's the one where you get 200%, then there's the one mm. where you kill Dracula but without 200%, and then there's the one where you kill Richter. So maybe mm. it just would yes. split it up differently there. Okay. And isn't there and there's the one where you get killed by Richter?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I actually And that's
2: like a one. One. That's not that's like a yeah, quote unquote there, there ending, is a, but a it's credit just a sequence where you lose the fight to Richter. Over.
1: I never did wow. that. That's funny.
2: I would imagine yeah. the alignment would probably just be something in the way of like, I don't know, you kill Dracula and you take over Castlevania and then you kill Dracula, and you don't take over Castlevania. You sit in your you know, throne and, and, and sip wines. Yeah, in yeah. that kind of I would, nonsense. I'm sure shout something it. like
3: that. Imagining endings that could have been for a stupidity sake and growing up to be Tommy Oizo is an interesting one to me. Would that be? It's way? up there. That's, uh, no, that's the best It's end. up there. The, uh, the ending where uh, at one point in Alucard's
0: life he's played by James Franco in a movie is probably the bad ending.
2: Uh, <laughs>
0: to be fair.
2: since unless, unless there's some like more stuff with it, the one question I want to ask you, what would you want to see... Because now there's a, Eddie was saying it earlier. They they have the new rumors of that they're going to develop another Castlevania. What would you want to see? What kind of Castlevania would you actually want to see? Me, a good
0: one. I, uh, yes, a good one. Um, <laughs> just
3: that, please. I, I have no other qualifications. I would.
0: I would want it, <laughs> My bar is so it, low. I would want it, a Castlevania <laughs> game, but maybe that's the wrong thing to ask for because we have things like Bloodstained now. Um, mm. But especially after coming off of just having recently played like
3: Metroid Dread. Where I'm like, these games are still good. Let's do this again. Yeah. That's the thing is that, like, Curse of Darkness, I'm not sure how many people have this opinion, but I, it's one of my favorite in the whole series. Get out so of here. So I
4: think...
0: <laughs> I, I have no strong feelings about Curse of Darkness. Uh-huh.
3: That, had, that was another one where, you know, by then, obviously, the, it had some age on the series, so there was weapons is- and familiars and all that kind of extrapolations, and things that had already been done. It was It really fun. And just while Lament of Innocence was okay, I thought Cursor of Darkness was a lot of fun. So 3D Castlevania isn't terrible, and then Lords of Shadow, the first one at least, was pretty cool. Is, I didn't play the second is one. Is Lords
0: of Shadow the one where they try and imply that Alucard and
2: Trevor are the same person? No, it's when they make Gabriel. No, it, wait, what?
4: Well, I uh, don't think they imply yes, they're the same. No, I think Ga- it's like Gabriel, Gabriel is, Dracula. is Dracula, Dracula,
0: and by that yeah. juxtaposition, they imply that Trevor and Alucard are the same person.
3: Oh. Um, Ooh. Well, yeah, because G- Gabriel's son would be Alucard, but it's Trevor, and blah, 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 blah. just weird. Which actually, they, they I, tried to make new canon with the series, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, so they but no, did stuff I like actually, that.
0: I took a note about that at the time, and I'll never forget this because once they imply that Trevor Belmont is in fact Alucard, I mm-hmm. write down Castlevania Three is basically Fight Club.
2: <laughs> I mean you know it wouldn't be the first time Alucard also was like different people so it wouldn't yeah. or different personas yeah. so it's not like it's it's not yeah, like it's terrible you
1: could put him in a business suit
4: I'd play yeah, that yeah. game yeah. I
2: think and be a part of an, an organization Konami, so. in modern day where he hunts <laughs> it's like
4: um, huh? Eric brought up before if
1: they were to you know if they made a Castlevania game today I really feel like I don't, I, it would just be like tempting for Konami I feel like it would almost be like a Bloodborne game <laughs> yeah, that
4: could be good. Be that doesn't great.
2: sound
1: terrible. I mean, they have that <laughs> That'd stable That'd cool. They have that stable of monsters. They have, you know, they have the history with the weapons. They have history with, like, backtracking and all that. I feel like it would be, like, a Bloodborne, mm-hmm. you know, where maybe you fight Chaos.
0: I'd like to... Chaos. Maybe. I'd like to see a good whip in a Souls game is what I, I am going to say to that. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> the
2: closest so, that you had at the time was Darkstalkers 3, I think, uh, recently. Finally, yeah, we made yeah, like it to like Darkstalkers
0: 3 like I always planned.
3: <laughs> Take that's that the thing about like the conversation on best castlevania i'm sorry but no whip not it no whip not it it's, gotta it's not
2: it it's not it's not it for me i agree What's with that the, i think uh well this going? could be a
0: whole other conversation but i'm gonna ask it in this podcast anyway i'm sure we'll do like a best of castlevania at some point <laughs> and have had back but mm-hmm. super castlevania 4 best whip right
2: yes oh, oh yeah right yes okay Mechanical, yes yeah, just like, and just
3: have your little erratic arm. like You imp, can hit like half the fucking
2: screen with that
0: thing. It's great. Yeah. Oh, no, it's
3: like a tactical so that, missile. That said, the circle of the moon whip I like a lot because the yep. old B thing is actually surprisingly useful. So yep. for like all the little tiny enemies.
0: Sure, yeah. That makes That's sense. One of the things cool. about, I
3: guess, keeping the whip that is cool is that it may or may not have a cool functionality other ones didn't have or it won't and it will be a pain in the ass. So I can the understand one... wanting to get off it for simply the Night.
2: I like the I like not having it for Symphony of the night. But in terms of whip mechanics, I will never forget. I will never forgive Konami for making such a wild ass decision to make Super Castlevania have the tightest whip mechanics in any Castlevania, <laughs> and then they choose to deliberately never implement the same mechanics ever again. And they come out with Bloodlines three years later, and it has some of the stupidest whip mechanics. I, well, I just okay.
1: don't understand. Why you I don't dialing? understand in Bloodlines. Or is that the
2: Richter? Look? Oh okay. yeah, no, it wasn't. It was uh, a yeah. I think it was uh, Jonathan Morris yeah, so, as the, so yeah, uh, the bad Whippy, w- oh, Bad whip Man. <laughs> <You don't laughs> have- no, I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to
4: God, in I can't, I can't whip, whip
0: skills in the Belmont bloodline. They're just hmm. very,
1: they're a very kinky family. There is no safety <laughs> word in the Belmont family. Oh
2: my <laughs> God. if I to answer my own question too earlier, really, I would want them to do a Lords of Shadow game again because I still think that the first one was awesome and I still think it was a really good step in the right direction for making a new story. And I love the twist at the end. I still think it's one of the best twists that I've ever played in the game because I did Mm -hmm. not expect it at all. Neither did I. And I thought it was well done. I didn't think it was bullshit. And you just didn't, you wouldn't see it coming because you're Gabriel Belmont. So you're like, ah, where's Dracula? But... In the second one, shit the bed. So I would hope that they just scrub it again, just pretend like it never happened, make another 3D Castlevania with the whip mechanic and only the whip because the whip is the trip. And that's right, I just made that up. Whip is the trip. And uh, I just think they could do it really well. It's just something that they proved that they could do with Lords of Shadow. I think in Lords of Shadow 2, I think they tried doing too much and they tried making it way more creative than it needed to be. Like, you could turn into rats, I'm pretty sure. Like,
3: I don't want to turn into rats if I'm I mean, Dracula. That's I need. I mean, come on. That's yeah, d- see, that's what he's I don't want to be famous rats. for.
0: No. <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> who could have like, yeah, forgotten? Around rats, it might be Dracula. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who could have forgotten? It's just that they had a really good story concept, and I think they could really do a modern-day story quite well. But if they chose that they wanted to make more platformers, I wouldn't be mad at it. I just don't think... I don't think you want. I don't think we need another Metroidvania. I really just don't. I think we've grown beyond it. I think I just want something else for the franchise because I think you you, we could life. really do a lot.
4: There's
2: not mm, dude. not bad. Is, not a bad idea. Dude. Not a bad idea. You could uh, do something though, in the way of that.
3: Of, uh, rogue Legacy, which is like the first rogue Legacy I played, is a uh, castle progression rogue Lake game. So that's already so just, just a little bit. The, the Belmont family hole no.
0: with <laughs> different portraits of the next Belmont. Mm-hmm.
3: Think how many Belmonts you have to go through
2: Trevor, uh, Trevor, it's Trevor like Belmont the is colorblind <laughs> <laughs> well
0: eventually it makes
1: sense when you get the gun a la Soba yeah,
2: oh, yeah no. there you
1: go <laughs> oh no that's when it gets all real it's
2: perfect no I just I really just want them to do something a little bit more creative this time. It, it's so funny because you talk about, or I just explained earlier, how it's like the pinnacle and I think they can't do any better. But it's honestly, it's going to be the last thing I wanted. And it was because I, I was playing Bloodstained and I really thought it was the one thing I wanted for Megarashi, But then I was thinking, man, this is we really Castle being a symphony. And I feel like they could just do so much more creative things with the franchise that is not a fighting game, like sure. Judgment or anything like that. I, mean, yeah. I really think they can go back to its roots, do something really creative, and just start it up again. You got keep, keep and, a new franchise. You got a
0: good Netflix series. What more do you want? Yeah, nah, I could have done I still haven't
3: finished that. It's fucking you somehow. absolutely should before the, I, the I, sequel it, comes out. Yeah, oh god, it's, I gotta, ver- so I it's I gotta watch and play. I know it's good and it's very good. I know it's good. I know um, it's good, the first the first two seasons are great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that I don't think I'm gonna like it. I'm just been watching it's shows. It's fantastic
0: all the way through. <laughs> um. Before I, I bring us into, uh, like, full-on final thoughts, I want to ask the question that we have to ask on this podcast, and I think we're all going to kind of land in the same place here. Um, in terms of relevance, do you think this is a game people should make, like, what's the historical significance? Do you think this is a game people should make a point to play? Unlike a lot of other games, it is really accessible. It's on pretty much everything, and and for mm-hmm. me, I think the answer is yeah. Like, it, a lot of modern games come from the design points of this, and I think Replaying it fully in the past few days, like it holds up. It's it's even if you're unfamiliar with this game, I think it's worth going back to.
3: I would definitely agree. It's a fun game. It, like you said, it it's sets standards. And although obviously there are some aspects of it that aren't as modern, it's it did age in spots, but it's th- not
0: terrible by any stretch.
3: No, it's not terrible by any stretch whatsoever. And I also just mean, I don't know, some people might just not like the pixel art and stuff, stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, the, there's old styles in some sense Why are there rooms that say CD? None... <laughs> yeah. But it's stuff like that. It's just, just, there's so much stuff to notice where, even if it might not be the most, like, if you're looking for a super challenge, it isn't necessarily that and stuff like that. It doesn't have a crazy deep narrative. Just playing the game is fun as hell. Yeah. Agreed. So, and... You know, when you're looking for a game, that's all you can look for. And then historical significance, like like you said, you can see a bunch of stuff later on for it, but in terms of terms Raw, I want to sit down and waste my time, not many better choices.
1: Totally. I think that if they never made the pivot to these exploration-style games, I don't think Metroid alone would have been n- enough to make this a whole genre. I don't think we would have seen games like... Um, Guacamelee, Hollow Knight Mm -hmm. like Ori and the Blind Forest I don't think those games would have come out without Castlevania sort of cementing this style of gameplay as something that's viable It it marred marred the map exploration with
0: the RPG stuff and I think it's it's super important for that alone so yeah I I definitely agree Mm -hmm. with that
3: also, gun versus physical weapons is probably a big like, change in style that attracted a different net of people because that's like a huge difference.
1: Well, let me just look at Axiom Verge one and two styles. now if you want to see that difference.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, even as a story-based game like that, Metroid had story, but not really. It was you don't read the manga. Straightforward. <laughs> no, like even in the newest one, I remember they were giving me like the lowdown of what's going on. And that's pretty much what you get, and that's fine. In this one. I feel like, as Ray was even saying, when you have Hollow Knight and the other narrative elements that come to play, which is a big reason why people love those games, it's because of Castlevania, I think. They, nobody else was doing it like them at that time. Metroid certainly did not have other NPCs to talk to with dialogue tracks like that at all. It was just you, which sold the theme. That was the theme of Metroid. You're supposed to be alone on an alien planet, so you know it's not like they didn't do that for that reason. It's just... Part of the thematic area um, elements of the game,
0: and then at the end, you're like, "I was a lady." Blah, 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 blah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny. It's true. And um, or if you play Prime and uh, you see the first person, like eyelashes in your eyes or something from your visor,
0: <laughs> some, some guy I, in I the guess, hotel rooms like, "This guy has really pretty eyes."
2: <laughs> I think if the only thing that would mar somebody from playing this or hes- give me hesitation to recommend this is if somebody didn't like kind of themes of the game. Like if somebody didn't like really gothic horror kind of deals, maybe it wouldn't be for them. I feel like that's a big part of the thematic areas of the game. I also, if nobody was really down with kind of the pixel arts of these times, that's fine. If anything, honestly, I would always talk about this game, but if I had to recommend another one, I would just sooner give them a Hollow Knight or something else that's more modern day for them, because I think that that's a better introduction into the genre of games while still paying respects to where it came from. Or even a blood. And if you like platformers, exactly, yeah. And if you like platforming, like if somebody ever came to the table and said, "I love Hollow Knight," for sure, get get on the train for something the night if you want to go play that. But if somebody was saying, "I'm not really, I don't, I've never played a Metroidvania before or anything like that," I think I would be more inclined to give them a Hollow Knight or something because those games are so well done. They're so much more modernized than just. Um, mm-hmm. reintroduced for this genre of games and I think it would just ease people in more and if they want to explore where it came from later on you can absolutely go back
3: like I it's totally fine. A big note on that is that in terms of storytelling and Symphony of the Night and stuff the narrative is cool but obviously the voice acting is kind of hokey parts and stuff like that which some people not like. I think it's like, AIDS like ass <laughs> so that subtle storytelling that's really nice like, yeah. kind of just.
0: The hokey like delivery and the weird localization though this might be for us as people who have been playing this game since we were young. Like it adds a certain level of charm to me at this point. Like every time oh, totally I hear does. like die monster, you don't belong in this world. Like it's just perfectly
3: stupid. No, it's like, uh, I watched the original Helsing not that long ago and like at the great anime, but just like early video game voice acting kind of eighties. Everyone was from Texas. Acting, exactly. <laughs> There is just something about the art that wasn't perfected by a lot of people yet. Sure. For whatever reason. <coughs> so and you know. Comes out. Sometimes it's funny, well, sometimes it, it, it's not right.
0: It's role. from an era where like we weren't prolific in terms of video game voice actors yet, so like a lot mm-hmm. of the voices are done by whoever was in the studio that day. Like mm-hmm. congratulations, you're Richard Belmont.
4: Mm-hmm. That's so cool. <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs>
2: I, I think it's a good thing too Because you know what This genre is showing no signs of slowing down or dying The new Metroid if coming anything, out too And selling as well as it is It's it's pretty much been given new life yeah, now if anything, and the, I'm so excited about that The like, mm-hmm.
0: huge indie scene we have in the modern day As assured games like this are not going anywhere um, so
3: many I different mean, types of, of Roguelikes. I mean, I do feel like map exploration and roguelike go together very well. Cause every time you boot it back up, it's a new map floor I mean, yeah. so I do think that eventually we'll see something that's in the vein of a whip wielding roguelike at some point. I'd be kind of um, astounded if it didn't. Just, well, may
0: I tell this. you about city of brass, Eddie? Uh, have you already? I feel it's like a, it's a I, first person roguelike where you have a whip. It's,
3: Oh no! I've seen someone play it's, this because the first person part uh, is what reminded me. I have seen that before. It's
0: pretty good for a first person. person. <coughs> That's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, yeah.
3: Don't you? There's platforming and stuff with the whip, right? Where you got to like we, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Prince it's of pretty kind of it's parkour-y. pretty neat.
0: Um, but nice. Before I take us out of here, any, any final thoughts we want to get across, or you guys think we pretty much covered it?
1: Um, I just think it's one of the best playing games of the PlayStation, which is amazing considering that back then, you know that device was created to push 3d and yeah. the fact that a 2d game came out as one of the you know hands down you know standouts of that generation i think it's i, I think it's probably one of my top five ps1 games of all
0: time like it's one of my top five
1: mm-hmm. games of all time
0: that i was gonna it's, yeah, but, it's definitely yeah, I mean, in like it's my, my top 10 video games ever for sure and in, in terms of the ps5 one of the like best five video games available on that console
3: to me, it's this game, a game. Is, just that NAPE escape. Oh, sorry, no, oh, let's go Eric. Cool.
4: No, oh, okay.
2: Um, <laughs> this game to me is a testament that you don't always need to ride the wave of what's hot and what's going on in the, in the creative art scenes when you're making games because mm-hmm. they tried it with N64 and it failed. That's and that's just the fact of it. And then they went back to their roots and tried to push the boundaries with a side-scrolling game on a console. That arguably was supposed to be in direct contention with the N64's 64-bit graphics, and it hit. And it's one of the best-selling games of all time. To me, that's pretty wild, and it serves to make a point to other developers, I would hope, over time, when they look back on that, that... You don't really need to follow the trend to make a really good, popular, tight game. You just need to make a really good game and stick to what you know. And I think if Igarashi and them had to stick to the 3D Castlevania, I do not even think we would have had a fraction. uh, The Hollow Knight would not have come out today. You wouldn't have a fraction of the good games that came out today that were taken from Influence. It is the blueprint for those
4: games, yeah. They don't don't exist Mm -hmm. without it.
2: So it's always going to be revered very highly in my mind. I'm still going to blast the vinyl on it. Sometimes listen to that, laugh, right that right Latin behind. choir. Nice. Yeah, listen to that Latin choir in the background awkwardly and blast that shit for the first 5 minutes <laughs> and just great game though. One of my favorites.
4: Fantastic. Yeah.
3: It's definitely a, a testament in a couple of ways to, you know, the whole not having to ride waves. Not only because of trends of the time of 3D, but also because they were also told up. Oh, it's a Castlevania game, but it's a spin-off, so, you know, we're not Do whatever gonna be you want yeah. about it. Which I think was totally it allowed them these creative as they want just did what they think would have been an enjoyable experience. And they were and
0: making a sequel to another Castlevania game that at the time not that many people cared about,
3: so they yeah, they were pretty much and, free to do as they pleased. Which is actually and another testament is that immediate reception doesn't even necessarily go to the quality of the game because in America and in the UK probably because Noble Blood didn't come out over here it was. Uh, It didn't do that well at first, I'm pretty sure. I think it it was home something. It sold very poorly at
0: launch, and I think a lot of that has to do with the 3D wave we were on, but then Mm -hmm. it became something of a cult classic, and um, just it is an exceptional game that has stood the test of time and is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Um so on that note I guess I'm going to take us out of here. So uh, thanks to the usual crew uh, Eric and Ray for stopping in. Eddie, thanks for taking the time to join us. Do you have anything you want to plug while you're here?
3: Um I mean, if you want to check out my, check out my SoundCloud. Uh, I know you were a SoundCloud slash. rapper. <laughs> slash E-M-F-B hyphen music. I've got some original music on there. If you ever want anything for a game or any kind of commission, you could message me. But also, if you just want to listen to things like the remakes of A Circle the Moon track that I have on there, oh, you can do that just for some nice listening.
0: Yeah, and if, if you want a taste of the kind of stuff Eddie makes, like I said, every piece of music on this podcast is an original Ed Paquette. Um, so, that's awesome too. Uh yeah uh as usual i'm rich meister thanks to all you guys you can find all of us on swordchomp.com where there is a new episode of this podcast every month and you can find me across all the other sword Chomp podcasts there uh you can find me on twitter at the Richmeister zero if you guys want to throw out twitter handles i i plug yourselves away
1: uh,
2: your
0: silence speaks volumes. no <laughs> no
2: i've been trying to get all the twitter so I'm done. uh no I literally have nothing to plug anymore but it's been a pleasure just this podcast just this podcast listen
3: Listen, to the podcast hot new podcast hot
0: new podcast we will be back in a month where we are talking about Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2 thanks for hanging out everybody have a good night bye
3: see you later